enveloped by crashing waves and plummeting brand value, the NRL has played its last card in the pack. It has launched Rugby League Season 2019 as a new era, yet the game has extinction written all over it. Lurid sex tapes, Cameron Smith refusing to retire, the Roosters as premiers, it's truly sickening. But history tells us that Rugby League has always been able to crawl back out of the primordial slime of its own making if someone utters two magic words. Fire up and Shazam! And all would be right with the greatest game of all. Well, no longer. The game has been blasted back to the Stone Age and the two brontosauri that are Stephen Ferris and Chris Gale can't do anything about it. So welcome to New Fire Up, the new Coke of Rugby League Radio. Welcome to a Fire Up involving 33% less talk, 33% less music, and 67% less comedy. Welcome to a Fire Up that has the go-forward of the Adelaide Rams. Welcome to New Fire Up, the Jurassic Era. At least, Chris Gale, it's not saying a glittering new season. I mean, I, I don't feel too shiny at the moment, really, you know. And I'm sure you don't after the West Tigers lost last night. For God's sake, what's going on with our teams and rugby league? No hope. No future. Uh, the season is sputtering to yet another inevitable Storms-Roosters matchup, as if that big four matchup of last weekend didn't prove that yet again. Hasn't Todd realised enough is enough? I don't think he has. Share it round, Todd. And there's speculation this morning, Stephen, that Todd Greenberg wants to leave. But but apparently uh, Peter Beattie won't let him. Really? No. Why? I don't know. Ah. But, I mean, if I'm Todd and mm. I presided over a period where there basically only two teams can win this bloody thing, it's been a failure. Yeah. Parity, equalisation, yeah. I do not think so. I can understand why you fled to Croatia. I did, you know. You're looking for a better rugby league code or competition in those climbs, but bloody hot, I imagine. Uh, well, it, it was um, willing in the afternoon, but I think if they played a nighttime competition over oh, in Croatia, yes. it would be all right. You're, I think that would be fine. You're nothing if not inventive, Chris, yeah. and a thinker. And I've done a little bit of historical uh, exploration Digging. while I was over there, Stephen. Yeah. We might yeah. talk about that later where I tried okay. to understand why people hate each other yes. and, and, and whether rugby league is something that can bring people the back together. The bedrock of rugby league. Yes, yes. yes. Tribal. Exactly. That's a, the Hatred. tribalism. Not yeah. hope. No. No, not <laughs> no. dreams. Because no. as we've tried to explain to these idiots who listen to us, only one team can win, Chris. And that means 15 are losers. And that's a lot of losers out there who follow those 15 it's teams. A, I, I'm not sure I'd describe our audience as idiots, Stephen. I think that's a little harsh. Well, look, I tell you what, we'll give them a text line. Yes. And we'll, they, we'll they take some flack. Tell us we're idiots. Zero four. 09-945-945. This is Fire Up. And look, some breaking news, Chris. It says here, this is in the ABC Far North. That's how it's actually written. Far North journalist uh, Marion Farr says, sports jersey colour linked to injury risk among children in rugby league. Hang on. <laughs> yes. How could that be? Well, dark coloured sports jerseys could lead to poor performance, increased rates of injury, and even jeopardise the careers of young rugby league players. Researchers, researchers you've got to... Bow down to researchers. Chris. Well, that's right. Academics. Like yourself over the, in the, the life Croatia. Life, that's right. The yeah. lifeblood of this country is our research population, Stephen. There's no bona fides here with this research of what they come from, but they say after a surprising discovery amongst junior teams in far north. What's far north Queensland, Chris? What do they expect? <laughs> weird, weird stuff happens up there. Look at the way they voted. I, 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 can, already, I can already see where this is going. Mm -hmm. Like we've already talked about the heat in Croatia. Yep. And if you're wearing, I mean, science told me a long time ago, yeah, Stephen, yeah. you know, that if you're wearing. 
dark coloured clothing or yeah. if you're in a dark coloured car. Chris, the good burgers at Bellevue Hill have already learned that. They've dumped the, the black out is the black mercs for the whites. It what, makes I'm, complete sense in summer. I've got a black hoodie on right now. I'm taking yeah, it off. You're getting hot. Because I'm concerned about my risk of injury. And overheating. That's right. All right. Uh, the study from 64 young rugby league players in Cairns looked at factors influencing rates of injury. While the ground moisture and hardness appear to have no impact on how the players were hurt, the colours of their jersey did. Well, that doesn't bode well for the likes of, I don't know, Penrith. Warriors. Melbourne, Warriors. By the way, those 64 kiddies in Cairns, were they 64 kiddies who had already sustained injury or were they just said, we're going to watch you 64 and then they were just paranoid about the fact that they were being watched because they could get injured and that distorted the study? I mean, was there, was there a, what do they call those things, a blind copy or whatever it is? Yes, and, and I don't know if this research is, you know, up to scratch. Very interesting from a coaching point of view. Uh, over a year, your team can use different coloured jerseys a number of times. There's obviously quite a lot of merit in what we have found. Uh, so I imagine there's a mad dash right now. I mean, one of our greatest players, Mr Potato Head, Paul Gallon, he's learnt... Well, he learns. There's a tribute jersey coming he out. He evolves. And let's face it, the way the Sharks are going, it's probably going to be his last ever game at the spiritual home of Rugby League, the eighth wonder of the world, Leichhardt Oval. Uh, It'll certainly be, <laughs> looks like to be the last of a regular yeah, season game for the yeah, Tigers and yeah. total for the season games. And they've brought out a Gal tribute jersey, uh, Stephen, and they've made it as light blue as they possibly can because you right. know there's been various shades of the, the Sharks. Uh, sky blue, and they even yes. once played in a predominantly black jersey with mm. blue piping. But the gal jersey, for fear of mm. all the kids Injury. who will then go and you know go out in the yeah. park and kick a football yeah. in tribute to Gal, it's going to be as he, light blue as possible. He has grown from grub to leader. He's been, he's been an inspirational aspect of rugby league in evolution in act. Fact in one individual. Grub to, are you saying that Gal is in fact the butterfly of rugby league? He's proven it. He's come He's out of his pupil stage. Yeah, he'll yeah, be walking on, on water soon. You know, look at him. And, and so, what's on this jersey? What sort of? I mean, I know there's a sponsor's name written writ large. Yeah. <laughs> is that the roofing company? Yes. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine having a tribute jersey? And the most prominent thing in it is the name of the sponsor because that's where rugby league has gone. And you know that because young young girls are very fit of roofing, they run they run for cover when they hear the word roofing, <laughs> right? So I don't know. If it's a good example for Gal to set. Oh, I, I, sorry. I, I, where I've been, I should have been able to pick up that reference yes, a little you bit should earlier. Have, but yes. I'm a little bit discombobulated. Yes, it's a very bad thing, it's roofing. Been, very bad thing. Very and Kevin Rudd also hates roofing too. <laughs> he, he hates many things. <laughs> but I mean, I think it'd be emblazoned. You know, like those jerseys. Like if you look closely, you'll see, like if, for example, if it was you know. A, 20th anniversary of the Tigers, they had all the players in that little writing. Little script at the bottom. Yeah, of the and so in the Gal jersey, there'd be the names of all the people who sent their best wishes. So about 10, 15 names would be on the jersey. 10 or 15 max. I mean, you know, Chris, like the dollar note, or what, well, there's not a dollar note, but you know, the $20 note, there's all sorts of layers. You know, right. there's sort of shaded areas yes. and there's, you know... Watermark stuff. Yeah, watermark stuff, yeah. So, so there'd be images of probably uh, Gal trying to uh, pull out the stitches from Ethel. That, that, that was one of the fine moments of Gal, because the guy needed medical help, didn't he? And Gal, Gal dug the fingernails out, gave him a bit of a blow, you know. In they went. Let's work those stitches over because they need to be refreshed. I think there were maggots in that, weren't there? I think he was really just giving you the words. Right, so he's cleaning the wound. I mean, there'd, yeah. be, there'd be the wheels episodes, of course. Oh, and the and testicle think, grab. Yeah, and I think there was someone from the English Super League who was done for wheel grab during the week, which was his own personal love letter to Gal. Chris, would you like to go there? <laughs> to the Super League? <laughs> yes. I mean, would, is that somewhere you'd like to go? Yeah, I'd be very happy to go there. All right, Stephen. well, I'll just tell you right now. It says here, uh, there's uh, George Flanagan's his name. Oh, Flano. Flano. Well, George that makes sense, doesn't Fl- it? A great Cronulla name. Rugby player handed eight-match ban for testicle attack. <laughs> 
Don't laugh. Nothing funny about that, Chris. No, I don't say it's funny. It's just that there's obviously the eight weeks is connected to the word attack. Yes. If it, if it had been testicle contact, it might have been two, two. maybe three at the worst. But attack. <laughs> when is an attack? Bradford Hooker George Flanagan has been given an eight-match ban for attacking the testicles of an opponent. Flanagan, 32. Well, he's in his twilight years. His brain's years, not really functioning right. anymore. Is well, he's, he's in his gal years, basically. Gal he's years at the back end of his career. We've seen a video footage making contact with Toronto's French fullback, Hakim Malindi, during the Bulls' 25-22 defeat of the Wolfpack. Yeah, and this is in England's second-tier championship. I mean, desperate measures, I suppose, for a def- desperate old man, you know, going for it. George Flanagan out. And there's some great footage, you know. I mean, really, the work is quite remarkable. Well, it's Gallon-esque, and, and it's also probably George is looking for a few images for his tribute jersey. That what else true. would be on the Gal jersey? One would imagine that iconic moment where the game was ruined forever when Gal put one on Nate Miles's big forehead. How big is his forehead? It's big. Very big. Yeah. And, and I mean, Gal's not a great boxer. He's got a pretty reasonable success rate. And he knows how to hit something big and large. Well, he's beaten really credentialed fighters like Hopper. John Hopper. Hopper Wate. <laughs> oh, and, of course, Hopper's daughter was in trouble recently. That wasn't... That, I mean, that was... I mean, that, That's that actually unfair, made news. It? That made news in Croatia, actually. Did <laughs> it just? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're very, very road safety conscious over there, and they were most concerned to see that. And, you know, thank heavens the Telegraph were able, the Astonisher was able to expose that uh, poor behaviour. Right. Uh, look, um, look well, we wish Gal well. Yeah, Gal, of course, as you say, he's sort of become... You know, since that probably that low point of 2013 where he uh, single-handedly had the Biff eliminated from the game, yes. he sort of moved into a more presidential role. He says, I don't, I don't really like the person I was back then. I, I, I see the game differently now. I mean, he's friends with Gus Gould, of all things, on 100% footy. Right. And, but, but sometimes the rivers do run deep because I think he was, there was a bit of an incident while I was away involving David Fafita from the Broncos. So, and- so you're saying from, not just from grub to grown man, but presidential. Yeah, I think I think Gal has. Uh, well, if if uh, Greenberg is going, yeah, yeah, or Beatty's going, Churchillian, top hat, yeah, tails. Well, one thought it was going to be Mark Coyne, but uh, yes, that's look. Hello, <laughs> your, your, your career can turn on a dime. There's no doubt about it. Very very quickly. Yeah, very quickly, just a few beers in a foreign location, Chris. I mean, that, well, this is the thing, Stephen, is that uh, I uh, on the way back from Croatia, the the plane stopped at Singapore. Yep. And seriously, all the people at the airport wanted to talk to me about what went on with Mark Coyne. Of course. And I don't th- look, to be honest, only yeah. half of it got out yeah, in yeah. the press here. Are you followed now by, by consular forces and police forces, as, as Australians should be when they That's right, get because, to Singapore? Because you know, Mark Coyne's ruined Singapore for everybody, for everybody. all yeah, Australians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't go into a bar anywhere. I was actually sitting next to a mathematician on the plane. Not a poly mathematician? No, not a just poly a mathematician, mathematician. Just a straight mathematician. Yes. He'd been at a conference, and, <laughs> and, he's, and I said, are you flying on... To Sydney straight away. He goes, no, I, I'm taking the night off in Singapore. Right. He says, but I can't get a hotel room for love or money because they ask what nationality I am. Straight off the bat. Coin, he's really ruined it. So no. the game needs to be restored, and Paul Gallen is the guy yeah, I think yeah. who can do that yeah. uh, by his reassessment. Though, when he was looking at the stoush between David Fafita and uh, Josh Maguire... Right, now, 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 this is where it gets interesting because we're talking about one, one grub who was... As you said, metamorphosis as, a, as has happened. He's moved into presidential sort of status role. You presidential know, elder butterfly. Presidential butterfly, <laughs> melted coloured beast he is too. Uh, making comments about an existing grub, the greatest grub, the only grub in rugby league of any note at this point in time, Josh Maguire. He really, I, I tell you what, he's given more fa- He should set up his own rejuvenation clinic because yeah. he's administering facials <laughs> yeah. with monotonous regularity. Yes, yes. And I believe he actually got a three-week ban while I was away. Yeah. 
So that means he's only what effectively one week per gouge yeah. this season, which is not that too yeah. high a price to pay, is it? Now the facial is a is a is a softening up term, isn't it? Really, because what he's doing is really digging people's eyeballs out of their sockets. <laughs> correct. That's- as opposed to an actual facial. I mean, you call it a facial. They call it a facial. I don't know what journalists thought about when they're calling it a facial. Well, it's I mean, an eye gouge, really. When they go to the when they go to the thesaurus yeah. looking for euphemisms, yes. I guess you go gouge into facial, don't you? Right. So Maguire's facial on Dave Fafita was a result of a continuous battle with his former Broncos teammates. So here is Josh Maguire for those out there that don't follow rugby league, leaving his team, his beloved Broncos, and going north to North Queensland, and they're duds. Yeah, he's shocking. angry. He's, he's unhappy, really unhappy. So, of course, the fingernails come out. He goes, Gal used to do it to stitches. I do it to eyeballs. What's the difference? And it's a teammate. It's an old teammate. So it's probably just a bit of shyacking, yeah. isn't it? There's he nothing says, in it. No, Gal says, I didn't think there was any malice in it. Yeah, there you go. Nothing in it. No, he's putting his hands off of Fita's face, resolved in a running battle with Matt Lodge. Well, Matt Lodge, of course, terrorised the whole of New York. Hang on. He gave New York a facial. Now I'm confused. So <laughs> Maguire is in a running battle with Lodge, so he sticks his fingers into Fafita's I eyes. I know, I know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just give me any big bloke and I'll... Because like, like, you know that grubs don't see very well. Yeah, yeah, I feel Poor bad. Eyesight. I, I, I felt bad earlier on when you perhaps suggested that we might be listened to by idiots, but it was Jamal <laughs> Idris who did famously say that rugby league is a simple game played by idiots. It's exactly. <laughs> now, uh, this is Gal in his presidential role. I don't think he did it per, on purpose intentionally to put David Fafita off his game. Uh, he shouldn't have done it. It was a really, really dumb thing to do for Josh Maguire, particularly after his last couple of indiscretions. So he's done this before, Chris. Well, he's had, he's had form this year, but, I mean, the video has been inconclusive. Right. But he was mates with all the Bronco players. I think it was a matey thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, right. I get that. I, look, I mean, you've got friends, I, I'm guessing. Yeah. You've occasionally just gone to the, the, the gouge with them. Yeah, the you eyeball, yeah. The squirrel grip, maybe. Mate, that's really pushing it. But yeah, well, I, I feel well, they're good mates. Uh, it says, anyway, <laughs> it says at one stage, the carry on between him and Matt Lodge was embarrassing. They should have punched on. It would have been a way better for the game, the way they were carrying. It was like they were pulling handbags off each other. It looked ridiculous. Well, hang on. There's a couple Hang there's, on there's, a second. There's a bit to unpack there, Stephen. Yeah. First of all, we, we felt that Gallon had evolved since 2013. Yeah. Now yeah. he's saying punch on. So that's, yeah. that's a worry. But it yeah. is women in league ground, isn't it? Women in league round. I mean, this sort of is there not a sort of an inference about something gender specific in the use there of the of the item? Yes, and that look, we need to get past I, that. I know there are man bags these days that constitute handbags. I know they exist, but I don't think gals are aware. Aren't they normally worn on the backside though? They are. And I don't think gals are aware of that. So when he <laughs> uses the term, they are pulling handbags. He's showing his uh, retrospective uh, mentality, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he may, may not be evolving. But then again, in, in Gal's case, mm. where his hands tend to go tend to be around the back door region anyway. Oh, I see. So you... I, mean, I don't know if he's the right guy to take the game forward no. after all that. It's far right. We're back in a minute. Ladies, round this week. What a crazy morning. If Pal walked the poodle, Pilates your little pants off, pulled a parking fine, and... Crank the Porsche into a pedestrian. I'd say you've earned a little me time. Kick back, relax, pamper your senses, and lose yourself in a paradise of glistening quadriceps and flying turf. As FBI Radio's silky smooth Stefano Fabrici. And Bondi's very own Banyanyo boy, Brett Oden, present another tantalising instalment of radio's sexiest rugby league gadfest. Fire up! So why not make it a date every Friday morning at nine, right here at the home of rugby league for ladies? 
FBI Radio. We'll be waiting for you. Scale, uh, cruel to be kind. Look, I know that rugby league is a cruel, harsh mistress to start with, let alone a game for those that play it. I mean, it is hard to, on the bodies. But the psychological warfare and damage that's going with trolling at the moment, of course, the trolls get a pretty rough trot. You might remember the, you know, the Billy Goats uh, trying to get across the bridge and the troll was going, oh, I'm going to eat you. He says, go for the other one. He's fatter. I come from a simpler time, a simpler time where Nick Lowe was called Basher and you couldn't call him that anymore, could you? No, no. A troll was a cute little thing that was on the edge of your pencil yes. with a shock of hair like yeah. Don King, the uh, boxing promoter. Yeah, yeah. And they were lovable. They were desired. Now no, yeah, they yeah. are the most reviled form yes, of yes, yes. Uh, subhuman existence, yeah, I the, think. The gutless keyboard warriors that, as trolls, and surely I think that there are, there are areas where trolls can go and trolls, er, trolls can't go. So there are... Places where trolls shouldn't fear to tread, I guess, is what you're saying. Well, yes, I think that big rugby, ugly rugby league men are yeah, it's fair, fair game, aren't they? As long as it's, as long as there's a direct connection to their rugby league ness, Stephen. I think it's, yes, you yes. know, it can be their behaviour on and off the field, but it's as public rugby league figures, they yes. need to be able to accept yes. a bit of harsh criticism about their rugby league. Yes, not about the colour of their skin, no. their religion, no. their wives, their kids, no, no. their no. gender, sexuality. Yeah. No, none of that. But just about their rugby league player. That's so if I want to have a go at Josh Maguire... You're perfectly entitled. I, I can publicly troll him if I want to. I think Josh would welcome that. Yes. But he certainly doesn't work at, w- welcome the other stuff. And there's been some right. some unfortunate incidents this week, obviously. Yep. Glad uh, we cleared uh, that up, though. T- terrific work by Mal Meninga in, the, in supporting Latrell Mitchell and Yes. And, and and can I actually, for once in my life, give credit to Uh-oh. the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs for getting around Paul Momorowski where he missed that conversion you've last got, weekend. You've lost me there. And cost the West Tigers yet another chance oh to make the finals. Because I like the Momorowski kid, even though he's an ex-rooster. And uh, to all those Tigers fans who trolled Momorowski for his rugby league-ness, yeah. you probably can, <laughs> but I don't approve of it. Right. Ex-rooster. You don't hear a lot about ex-roosters, do you? You hear a lot about ex-Tigers. I can give you a number, a number of them. They yeah. all play at the Storm. Pappenhausen, Adam Carr, Corabiti. Need I go on? Yes. But no, ex-Roosters, they, they sort of... They, I guess you generally, when you leave the Roosters, you're not generally going to a better place, are you? No. Now, the Storm are saying that there are attacks upon them this time of the year are so predictable, so predictable, it could be Taylor Swift... Kyle Minogue, Danny Minogue playing on your radio. They can't tell what it is. But every year, the same hit just comes up like a broken record. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Everybody says the Storm are not playing 
within the spirit of the game, Chris. Well, this is such an interesting topic. First of all, those comments come from Melbourne Storm Chief Executive Dave Donaghy, right? Right. Who's in a massive feud with South's equivalent, yes. uh, Shane Richo yeah, Richardson yeah. at the moment. I, first of all, I take objection to what Donaghy says about the two Minogues vis-a-vis Swift. I see them as three very distinct artists yeah. with three very distinct point of views. I've purchased mm-hmm. music by all three artists. You do. And, and you can tell the difference. I can tell the difference. Yeah, it's yeah. like a lot of people, to yeah. me, even say dance music all sounds all the sounds same. All sounds the same, yeah, yeah. Well, it yeah, does, yeah. I can tell you. I was Frog a, rock all sounds I was, the same. I was at a dance music festival for <laughs> six days and I couldn't tell any of the songs nah. apart. <laughs> but now, now, Richo, just... I mean, OK, let's, let's go back to the beginning, shall we? Let's just give everybody some background here. Uh, Richo, who is the, the boss, not the owner... No. Not Packer, not the actor. He's What's an his employee. Name yes, he's an employee, but he's a real move and shake in rugby league, isn't he? He's had a long, proud 27-year history. A.K.A. Richo. Uh, <laughs> he's been around a long while. WrestleMania has Richard Richo livid is the title. Uh, he says, uh, you, you might have noticed, he says, the incessant booing happened at every Melbourne Storm away game because of the way they play. Do you, and think, of course, that, do you think it's just because of that? I mean... No. Generally, Cameron Smith runs on the field and people start booing. He hasn't he done pl- anything yet. When he plays for Queensland, he gets booed. I do, Queensland see, is booing. Anytime I see anyone wearing purple in the street, you I boo them. them. Turn around and boo them. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it reminds me of the storm. Block of chocolate, Cadbury's, you boo it. <laughs> Can't help it. Absolutely. You see some sort of, you know, cardinal from Rome in purple, you boo the TV. I, I, saw, the territory. I saw Prince play a number of times and, you booed and I booed him. all the Every way through. Every time. I know, the purple rain was <laughs> horrible. Get lost. <laughs> Just reminds me of the storm. Oh, it's Because that's what they've done to rugby league. They've been a purple rain. Rain and a purple stain it, on our game for twenty years now. Exactly, and it's not just because they wrestle. Exactly, and partly because they wrestle. What's his name? Donna Hugh. Oh, the cage fighter. No, no, no. The boss. Donna He. Donna He <laughs> comes out and says, "Yawn, so predictable. It only happens this time of the year. Everybody wants to bring down the storm." No. We say it every week. Every single week, every single we, year. We, we're not like Buzz Rothfield waiting to wield out code and crisis at a yeah. time they'll have most impact. Yeah. We are consistent. We're repetitive. Yeah. Yes. We're iterative. Just like rugby league. That's right. <laughs> every set of six, yeah. every time we're on, we're complaining about Melbourne and the wrestle. And if I could be as generous spirit as you, Chris, and say you might have seen that there was a rugby union game. Excuse me? Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> and and it was relatively free-flowing. Was it? Well, not really. No, the referee was blowing his wrist like a lunatic, as right. they always do. Was but- Israel, was, I'm, 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 I'm out of this. Was Israel Folau playing? No. Did, they, did Australia win? They did. Well, there you there go. There you go. Case closed. <laughs> My point being is that in rugby league, there are certain things that drive even people who don't follow rugby league see it on television nuts. Yes. And one of that is that process where one bloke doesn't need four men, one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one, four-on-one, taking him down over a period of time, grappling with every part of his body and his head and his and, and twisting his neck and all that sort of chicken wings and then looking around going, are we right, are we right, are we set? And then 15 <laughs> minutes later, they get up. And this is why... It drives you nuts. Because that's what Melbourne does and yeah. has been doing ever since they came into this league ever 20 years ago, in, right? Exactly, yeah. But this is why, and I'm sure you're with me on this, Surely you're a fan of the stripping situation, where in well, that, fact that was clever. Where in fact, it's 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 kind of like dub music, isn't it? You keep taking things away <laughs> yeah. until you're down to just the, uh, the the sort of click clack of the drums and a little yeah. bit of bass. Sound, sounds better. And Josh Hodgson, being a pommy, just comes in and strips the ball. Yeah. And you know who's the architect of the stripping rule that's revealed in the paper today? Don't say Craig Bellamy. No, the head tape hero, Junior Pierce. Junior Pierce. Junior Pierce is the wow. ARLC commissioner who said we need to. 
get the game more unpredictable. Yeah. So you've got yeah. the forces of evil, whoever they are, yeah. represented by Melbourne Storm and the Donaghy. Yes. Um, now, you've got that front being fought by South and Richo, and we might talk about that in a moment. <laughs> but you've got progressives like Junior Pierce. Not only is he the architect of the stripping rule, but you know what he wants to do? He wants to bring back contested scrums. I'm about to say now, that. how about that? How about that? Now, that would really bring the crowds back. <laughs> he may not have won a comp, yeah. but at least he's doing something for our game. Absolutely. And that's, of course, he's a West Tigers player, ex-player. No, Balmain. Right? Bow, Bow, even better. Balmain. All right. So, okay, so Richo's lashed out at uh, Melbourne, and, and they've gone saying, you know, what, Richo, you don't know what you're talking about, and maybe you are just being manipulated by the master puppeteer. Now, of course, if I... Before we get into that puppeteer status thing, Richo goes, after 20, Michael lucking seven years, I'd like to think I've got my own opinions. <laughs> Fair enough, too. But no, there's always a talk. There's a puppet master. It was Desi Hazel recently. Desi Hazel, well, now, yeah. Who's the coach of South Sydney? Oh, let me see. I just have to rifle through my mind here, mm-hmm. Wayne Bennett. You don't like to talk, think about South, do you? No, I try not to. But mm. yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, well, I try to deal with that. But right, again, right. might talk about that later. So uh, he's suggesting that Wayne Bennett is manipulating Richo to throw out these comments to put Melbourne off their game. And it's like Taylor Swift, Kylie Minogue, Danny Minogue, same old stuff every year. Gosh, that upsets me. That really boils that my really blood. Yes, that really boils my blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, different producers to start with. Stock Ake and Water on one hand, you know. Taylor uses one of those Swedish mob, surely. <laughs> well, yes, Max Martin. Max Martin, there you go. <laughs> you know, can I just quickly say about yeah. Taylor Swift? You know, in the old days when you used to release a, an album, well, you probably no one does anymore, but you used to have artwork. Yes. And then there'd be pictures, you know, say Elton John, and he's recording Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, there'd be pictures of Elton and the band. When Taylor brought out 1989, there's pictures of Taylor and the producers. Because there is no band. Man, that's not God, right. God, it's changed, hasn't that's it? That's not right. But it's still great music. Yeah, yeah. And they never see daylight. They just no. sit in a little box. Well, they're from Sweden. 18 computers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's right. It was okay for Crawford, but end of story, no more. Okay, let's move on. So, Master Puppeteer Wayne Bennett, pulling some strings Not according there. to Richo. No, no. Now, uh, what, what's, the, what's the Melbourne response to all of this in, in detail? You got any more information, Chris? Well... The Melbourne response is we've actually consulted the NRL. Yes. And and we understand the spirit of the game. Stop there. <laughs> Mel, you're talking about Melbourne. Yes. I understand the spirit of the game. The game that started in England and broke away because rugby union was strangling the rights of workers. Yes. The same game that was representing working class men in Sydney. Yes. And in- Where they skinned the rabbits in, in South Sydney to eat because I was so poor. That spirit. <laughs> that spirit. That spirit. They yeah. understand in Melbourne. A team made up of Queenslanders put in there by Rupert Murdoch yeah, well, there to establish get, rugby league. Now you're on because I think that they said, we checked with the NRL, yes. which, let's face it, is a fictitious organisation created yeah. by the Murdoch organisation. Well, and the NRL has confirmed that we are playing within the rules and within the spirit of the game right. as the NRL understand right. it, as Melbourne understand it, yeah. as created by News Corp. I would like to suggest to you, uh, Chris, this spirit, is it embodied in a rugby league bill of rights? Is there a bill of rights that encodes the spirit? And what would that spirit, what are the parameters? I mean, what makes the spirit of rugby league? I would have thought that the testicle grab is quite okay occasionally. Sure. You know, uh, you, you know. You the sp- irrational hatred of other Irrational colours. hatred of other teams and colours, uh, yeah. Uh, continuous mental uh, ennui as a result of the fact that your team very rarely ever ultimately triumphs. Right, well, that's, they're not playing in the spirit then. No. 
No, because no Melbourne idea. keep winning. No idea. They, they're, they're consistently successful. They win premierships. Now, we did some research, didn't we, Chris? We did. Uh, not Dave Donahue, but uh, John Donahue. In 2001, a cage fighter, no less, brought the spirit of WrestleMania to Melbourne. The game has never been the same since. When you, when you arrive back from international travels, as I did this morning, yeah, Stephen, you have yeah. to fill in an arrivals card, and they ask yeah. for your occupation. Uh-oh. <laughs> Would he fill in cage fighter? Cage fighter. <laughs> Would that not automatically be you have something to declare? They'd, they'd press a little red button, right, and, so, and ten men would appear, you know. But doesn't that just speak volumes yeah. for Melbourne that, yeah. you know, in their early days they went out and recruited cage fighters? Cage fighters. And that was before MMA yeah. was even a thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're talking about a mixed martial artist here or a UFC. No. I think we're talking about someone yeah. in the boondocks of Melbourne, yeah. probably down Footscray somewhere, yeah. you know, <laughs> illegally <laughs> put two men bare knuckle yes. inside a metal Cage and yeah. said, go at it, boys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's no Hollywood movie that can do this justice. Oh. It's just raw bone stuff and it's ugly. <laughs> and if I can take you right back to the beginning of the Melbourne Storm, Coach Chris Opes Anderson would have yes. been there. Yeah. And no doubt John DeRebo de Bressac. Yeah. And they said, Donahue, we want some of you because we want to come and create yeah. a new spirit yeah. of rugby league, yeah. a new Bill of Rights. This is the and way this, we're going to play. And then this is when you, in the back rooms they had. Two sets of books. They were diddling <laughs> everything, least. and they had their premiership stripped on on the field. They're cage fighting. You know, that's of course why Melbourne is opposed to the stripping rule, because they've been the victim of a couple of strips uh, strip, themselves, major strips. Yes, and they don't believe so. No, no, they, they still celebrate the victories. So. Now, one wonders then uh, who really is pulling these strings, and what really is the the essence well, well, of look, Melbourne's? Well, where does look, it come from? If we agree now that the new rugby league bill of rights reflects what the Melbourne values, yes. you know, WrestleMania, not stripping, dot, yeah. dot, dot, yeah. that hardly makes Wayne Bennett a puppet master. No. I mean, I think when most people these days are asked who controls the game, who controls the referees, who controls the destiny, it's yes. got to be the 400 gamer himself, the great Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith, well, everyone says that. And he it's he public, runs the game, doesn't he? Public knowledge, it doesn't seem to have any effect. But, Chris, some news broke this week, didn't it? <laughs> some news that says here the NRL is scrambling. I love it when they scramble. <laughs> Scrambling <laughs> to explain. <laughs> They're always scrambling over at Moore Park. And there's rocks and things in their way. And they're you scrambling. Can, you away. Know, if you go to there's a cafe there, yeah. and there's only one way you can get your eggs there at Rugby League Central, yeah. and it's scrambled. scrambling. Scrambling, scrambled eggs right there. Scrambling to explain why Cameron's his wife Barb. No, I hadn't heard of Barb before. Hadn't you? I knew there was a wife. I knew there was some sort of issue with, with Cooper Cronk's wife. Well, yes, but if you remember uh, at uh, Cameron's 400th and his family was cited, yeah. we speculated that his mother and father could well have been actors. But uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> Barbara's been a no, really? There were suggestions there yeah. was a fallout. And everyone used to think Cooper Cronk was, he chose to leave yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. But it increasingly looks like he might have been exiled yeah, no from choice. Melbourne. Yes, and it... Further comes to light that perhaps it was the the wives involved in this issue rather than the husbands, right? And because the wives generally rule, you know that Chris, they will more power. Well, Stephen, I mean, I know you're a huge student of Shakespeare, absolutely, and I know Macbeth yeah. is a play that you've drawn a lot of uh, sucker from, if I can say, and yes. inspiration. Yes, and, yes, and and I think we might be dealing with a modern Macbeth oh, situation. Right. In the Smith family. Dynastic sort of stuff and uh, knives in the back sort of stuff and uh, overruling somebody and power struggles, etc. Look, I've never watched Antiques Roadshow, so I know nothing about this particular subject matter, mm. but I'm going to put two items to you okay. and, and you suggest Price is Right, which is worth more, which okay. is worth less. Okay. A Waterford Crystal recreation of a rugby league football, yes. right? Yes. Or a diamond ring. Well, I'd say they'd be pretty close in some respects, depending on what sort of diamond ring we're talking. Are we talking in Argyle Pink? I'm, or a blue? I'm I'm talking about 
Top of the range. Right. Absolute. Oh, I'd say the diamond ring would be worth more. Okay, so if we, yeah. if we go to that recent dinner that kept uh, okay. uh, Cameron Smith away from uh, Origin duties, uh, the NRL presented a water for crystal... Sc- scrambling now to explain this. Scrambling to explain yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. They presented a water for crystal-style football to Cameron Smith, but yeah. they presented a diamond ring to Barb but, Smith. But, but, Chris, under the table. Uh, uh-huh. That's the difference. This we didn't know about we it. We didn't know about it. So just this week. So, so Barb gets the ring, and it just suddenly has come to light. Uh, this lavish gift was not approved by the Australian Rugby League Commission. Sure. So Beattie didn't know about it. No, but no. the NRL, uh, I, I, the servant of Melbourne. Yes, yes. I'm the, assuming Mark Coyne didn't know about it. No, but Greenberg Or did he? That's why he went off the rails well, in Singapore. That's right. It was too guilt. much to bear. Guilt. Guilt. That's a guilt. Yeah, we're running around with his pants off going, the and, ring, the ring. And we're hearing Greenberg, we're hearing someone's in line for David Gallup's job over at the FFA and now yes. Greenberg could be leaving. It could be a ring scandal soon. Right. So at the time of the uh, the milestone match, there was no mention of the ring. Uh, Toddy Greenberg presented Barb Smith uh, with the ring at a private dinner the NRL held for her husband in the week leading up under the table, says he. Um, is, that, is that a metaphor? <laughs> Was it literally Todd just slipped it to it gets, Barb? It gets, well, get, Chris, let me just reveal to you, it says he, he defended it, of course. Of course, uh, our biggest stars wouldn't be where they are today without the women in their lives. And it is the women in league round. That's why it came to light this week. Sure. Makes sense, totally. Yep. Let's present the women with a diamond ring <laughs> at your husband's foot. Now, I don't recall James Graham's wife Getting a ring last week. I think she had to pay for her own ticket. But, I think she did. But let's face it, it was the St. George Illawarra Dragons versus Gold Coast, so they needed as much revenue as possible. Yeah, didn't right, they? okay. Uh, it says, we made no apologies for uh, honouring the amazing role Barb has played and the sacrifices she has made throughout Cameron's career. Oh, okay. I don't know. What normally, role has she played? I don't know. They normally say, you know, I didn't make the hit ups, I didn't make the tackles. And I guess in Barb's case, that. <laughs> I, it's not about her on-field contribution, Stephen. No, it's probably no. about something more grandiose, like right. as, as who actually See, runs the game. We also ask the question, because is Cameron Smith still playing? Yes. Oh, okay. So he had a testimonial dinner last year and we, a game, <laughs> or two dinners. And he's playing next year. He's playing next year, by the way. And a game, and a game where he was booed at. He, he pocketed $150,000. Two testimonials, yeah. a farewell dinner, and he's yeah. still playing next year. And a Waterford crystal. And, an, and a diamond ring. And a diamond ring. I don't think it's Cameron who's pulling the strings right. here, Stephen. Okay, now here we get into some trouble. Here goes. A concern for Smith in the NRL is where the gift is income tax implications, Chris. And you'd understand all of it. Uh, she'll claim it as a gift. Uh, the Australian taxation office could deem it... Uh, accessible income, given that it was received in recognition of her husband's occupation as the most evil man in the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then uh, spokesman said the $15,000 gift to Smith's wife had salary cap implications. Is she playing for the storm now? <laughs> Written all over it. I don't know. This one is going to end up in the High Court. That's oh, all man, I'm going to say. Is, this is trouble time. Uh, I, that would suggest to me... That we thought we knew the devil. And we thought we knew who the puppet master was. And if we're now thinking that the puppet master is... The great, great Barb Smith. Maybe it was better the devil we knew in Cameron. Right. Okay. We'll get on with this second.
After about a minute or two, I'm feeling kind of fired up. So Chris, up. it just dawned on me that, better the devil you know, we love Cameron Smith as the devil, but in actual fact, it could well be... Bob. We've got no evidence of that, Stephen. It's just a, it's just a. Bob might be the arch manipulator it's, of it, rugby league itself. It would answer a lot of questions. It certainly would. And um, they're questions that I'd love to discuss with Mr. Smith at some stage. Is that right? Mm. Okay, all right. Now uh, some happy news. Yes. Just to finish up, we've got to finish up pretty quickly. Um, Mr. South Sydney royalty himself, Mr. Who bleeds red and green, Mr. Who bleeds cardinal and myrtle. Um, he is a rabbito from his head to his foot. Now how do we know this? Because he went to Bali for a search trip and got a tattoo of a rabbit. Who am I talking about? Sato. Sato. And, and when he got the tattoo, he actually bled red and green. Is that right? That's exactly right. A little bit toxic. He had to have some treatment, you know. Uh, I think he called Gal to get the fingernails in and dig a bit of that stuff out, you know. It's tough if, tough if you go into the doctor and they say, look, you need a blood transfusion. What blood type are you? And you go, well, I'm red and green. I'm red and green, buddy. Oh, well, there's not too much of that at the blood bank. Yeah, look, uh, there's an article. It's a really sweet article by Adam Pengilly. It says uh, he went on a family holiday and decided he wanted a tattoo. His, his dad, John, John, liked to surf over there, and they used to paddle out in the break on the Indian trip. What better way to celebrate than get a tattoo of a rabbit in your foot? Sure. Chris, you know. Because uh, then you've got a lucky rabbit foot. Exactly. Permanent reminder of his other love outside of family and surfing. He sat under a gun and had a tattoo of a rabbit sketched onto his foot. Uh, no parents have ever celebrated body art as quick as Sutton's friends, John and Eleanor. Now, that's really lovely news. They say, us Sutton's bleed red and green. No other colours but red and green, they say. <laughs> Eleanor says, I'd rather him retire than play with any other club. Uh, so in the same room as the famous South City Club was born, you're almost certain if Sutton's parents cut open their sun open to see if the tinge of green was coursing through his veins, which I think they have done. Well, that's nice, isn't it? It is nice, yeah. yeah. Um, now, there... It's going to be an end of you know end of end of season centre of attention upstairs party at Redfern to celebrate this thing. Um, it goes on to say that he uh, is the only church he's ever known. So now it's a church, and apparently they're calling him the Cardinal, not just Cardinal and Myrtle, but the Cardinal. It goes on, Chris, and he'll have his three hundred game ring, the only player to achieve the feat for the pride of the league. It's called the pride of the league. Did you know that? Yeah, I had no idea about that. No, no, no. no. And uh, there's some. Hang on a second. It says here South Sydney going well. Apparently rugby league is going well. Uh, really? That's, really? That's a that tremendous doesn't insight. True to me. No. Yeah, no, no rugby league's no. not going that great at the moment. It's really horrible for me yeah. as well, Chris. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it says here um, Russell Crowe's been texting Richardson because he's been a bit of spot of bother. Um, they they wanted to keep the position open for the whole year so Sutter could reach his 300 and celebrate in true red and green fashion. My dad is a massive South fan. Uh, says all of the players, and yes, we all agree that he should be in the club. My God, he loves the club. It goes on and on and on. It's hard. Sickening stuff, Chris. It's, it's a beautiful sickening. tribute you're playing there to a South player, Stephen. Yeah, right on. Now, Jake Friend. Yes. What's he been up to? Jake Friend's on Cooper Cronk's bone machine. What in the hell is that? He busted his arm, and, you know, Cooper's scapula somehow got him through the grand final. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you had a theory on bone machines, didn't you? Well, uh, back in the late 70s and the early 80s in San Francisco, there used to be the African-American spirit was to wear what this thing called a bone phone around your shoulders that used to emanate sound uh, like a for, – this is for roller skating. Right. Uh, it was a mobile unit rather than a ghetto bus, which, of course, took up two hands to hold on your shoulder, or one hand at least. This right. thing was just latched around your shoulder. So I assume it's something similar where vibrations would go through your bones, in this case, audio. Disco so, so audio. This, this explains why Jake's been spotted down on the promenade at Bondi Beach, yes. <laughs> roller skating up and down yes. with that odd attachment. That is Cooper Cronk's bone machine. Yes, and we're assuming it came from Barb in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, her invention. Another Barb creation. Chris, the whole world is Barb. And can, can we quickly mention uh, poor old Sean Lane with the uh, the unfortunate uh, Snapchat photos from the Mad Monday of Manly last year? Oh, yes. And what was the 
the headline, wrong lane. Yeah. He thought that he thought that, he thought he was auditioning for a reality show. What's in the baggie? Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Right, right, he, right. he had a pretty good grin on his face. He says, look, you look pretty happy about it, don't you think? Yeah, but I thought I thought that the uh, the best advice came from uh, Des Hasler, which says, look, you know, who knows what what was going on there? But it, he had this to say. He said, for players, it'd be idiotic to try, and particularly in regards to the image of the game, to have a G up or a bad joke. But Hazel went on to say, who knows what the powder was? It could have been Panadol or Disprin. Oh, look, that's right. When I travel, I put, I put ground-up Disprin in a little, little plastic bag to take with me. Because when you go through customs, they look and they go, that's okay, that's just a Disprin. When was the last time you heard the word Disprin? I know. Remember, <laughs> just, dissolvable. dates Des. Des might be old school, but he's doing pretty well as an old school coach. Proud old school. He's uh, a puppet master, just like Bob. Chris, one game down. Seagulls trumped you last night. Yes. And uh, we go on to, gee whiz, this is an exciting game. The Titans versus Parramatta tonight. Oh, clear my diary. Broncos versus Panthers, yeah. On it yeah, goes. Yeah, clear my diary. Uh, Storm versus Raiders. Well, let's hope Ricky can do something honourable for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strike back against the forces of evil. Yes. Uh, and then, of course... Tarnish uh, that ring, Ricky. Tarnish that ring. And the grudge match of the year, the Sharks versus the Dragons. Oh, wow. That still happens, does it? It does still happen. I can't, can I simply say I can't wait to take you to a Sharks versus Dragons game at Jubilee Oval. Thank you very much, When Chris. it's a Sharks home Thank game. Thank you very much, Bye-bye, Chris. Stephen. <laughs> So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snotting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!